So here's this 11 year old in a wheelchair where you think that he'd be the one to give up and he was persistent. Next thing you know, we're in the radio station and he's speaking to the radio host and they're having a conversation about his dream. And what it made me realize is, again, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm living my dream right now and I'm meeting unbelievable people that are living theirs. And it is those moments that I am in charge of for creating the environment or creating the conditions for, I'm not even gonna say the learnings anymore, for the epiphanies to occur. The ahas, the awarenesses, the magic. This is the Beats Working Show. We're on a mission to redeem work, the word, the place, and the way. I'm your host, Mark Wright. Join us at Winning the Game of Work. Welcome to Contributor's Corner for the month of January. Contributor's Corner is where we gather past guests of the Beats Working podcast for lively discussions on a range of topics. You know, as we kick off the new year, I thought it was appropriate maybe to focus on what's ahead in 2024. Our contributors are Dan Rogers, founder and CEO of Work P2P, the company that produces this podcast, Andre Brisson, founder of Tactical Breakthroughs and host of the Impulsive Thinker podcast, and Dr. Stel Nikolakakis, coach and vision therapy expert. Each of our panelists is redeeming work in their own way and creating the future they want at the same time. For them, it's all about managing and directing their energy in ways that lead to extraordinary moments in life. I think you'll be inspired by their no-nonsense approach when it comes to getting what they want. Their attitude is basically get off the sidelines and create the environment you want in life. The panel also touches on AI and the massive impact it will have on business and everyday life in the new year. So here's to making 2024 your year. Welcome to Contributors Corner. It's great to have all of you listening with us. And uh, our contributors this month include Andre Brisson. He is uh, host of the podcast, The Impulsive Thinker. Dr. Stel Nikolakakis is a vision therapy expert in Eastern Canada and an amazing intellect, in my opinion. Dan Rogers is the founder of Work P2P. And uh, which is the company that produces this podcast. So I thought what we do is to gather some of our some of our thinkers, some of our contributors, and take a look ahead to 2024. Take a look at some of the work trends. Take a look at some of the life trends. Uh, take a look at obviously AI is one of the huge trends that's disrupting everything, everything in the world right now. So it's great to have all of you guys here. Love to have each of you just give the 22nd elevator. This is who I am. Introduction. Dan, let's begin with you. Uh, my name is Dan Rogers, and uh, I am the CEO of uh, Work P2P, and I'm on a mission to redeem work, the word, the place, and the way. And uh, this podcast is uh, is uh, part of that effort. Thanks, Dan. Dr. Stell. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the invite, and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, my name is Dr. Stelius Nikolakakis, and I am an optometrist by profession. Um, I help kids with learning disabilities, concussion rehab patients, and uh, high-performing athletes, uh, supporting them with the visual system. I'm also a, a coach, um, so I always tell people that I change lives through vision. So it's not necessarily how good the prescription is, but it's just how we can shift the way people think and see things from a potentiality standpoint. 
And thanks again. All right. Thanks, Dr. Stell. Andre. Andre Brissel. I am a podcast hosting Pulse Thinker, founder of Tactical Breakthroughs, where I help disrupt people's thinking of themselves. And I'm a recovered uh, professional engineer who also has an engineering company. <laughs> I love it. I have to first ask you, Andre, you've got a new prescription from Dr. Stell. Uh, if people don't know much about vision therapy, uh, go back and listen to the episode featuring Dr. Stell. By the way, Dr. Stell, that was our top uh, top podcast for 2023 in terms of people listening and sharing and engaging. So congrats on that. It was a fantastic episode. But Andre, you got a new prescription uh, from Dr. Stell. How has that changed your life? I think we just hit the edge of a new life. I, you know, I don't sing a lot of people's praises, but what Dr. Nick, as he likes to be called from time to time, is um, it's, it is. It's, it's seeing things differently and making sure that my hardware, which are my eyes, are talking properly to my brain, which is the software. And not realizing that my whole life, my brain's been working extra hard to connect all the dots because the information wasn't coming in properly. You know how much energy that's going to save me to do other stuff? Um, but he does talk about potential. So if I'm already dangerous now, <laughs> with, the, the, with you know, working extra hard to get the information, you know, the potential is stupendous. And to do it not at my cost. Is, is, is huge. And even so much that I got my oldest daughter into this and just to see that potential at that age, it's, uh, you know, I remember I'm very fortunate that I, I ran into you guys to meet Stell and to be able to give that to my daughter that I can get at my, for myself. Um, but it's also being able to be open-minded to look at things differently, no pun intended, is uh, also a gift that a lot of people don't have or gives the time of day to look at things differently. And um, yeah, I'm still a bit in awe. I still can't believe having prescription glasses makes me hear and understand things better. So still processing. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Still, how does that happen? How does that happen that, Putting certain lenses on on Andre's eyes can literally rewire how his brain is perceiving information. Look, it's a great question. I think it's a timely one because um, it's not just the lenses that do it. There's different ways of tapping into the neurology. And um, when you understand how someone's internal representation system runs, okay, that's based on their past, their history, the way that they grew up, their value systems, what's important to them. There's a lot of things that are happening within what we call the visual processing. Okay. So the brain is just firing in different ways. And if you have a way to get a snapshot in there to see, okay, so what's happening in terms of what is it that Andre experiences from a visual processing standpoint? And is it the most efficient way for him to have a vision of his potential or vision of the future? Okay. So when we put the lenses in front, we're just tapping into different areas of the brain and the neurology to turn them on. Now, if I may, actually, I'll do an exercise so that you can see how we do it even with words, right? So when people ask, oh, what are your New Year's resolutions? Right, what do you want? What do you want to get this year? And you say, well, I want a new car. I want this. I want this. I want this. If 
intentionality isn't put into the goals, right? So when somebody says what I would like in the following year is, uh, you know, based on my story, we wanted to get pregnant at one so at some point. It was like, I want to have a child. I'm going to put into my neurology a vision of a child in my world, okay? Now, the second that you connect the emotional component to that visual, visual idea is when the brain literally turns on to start looking for it and to line in a way that experiences the world and the space that we're in differently, okay? So it has to do with, and we we're having a conversation with Andre, and I use the word energy a lot, but it is. It's the energy of what you're putting into whatever the intention is. Now, the benefit that I have as an optometrist or as a neurovisual optometrist is we can change this space that the brain works within, right? So then all of a sudden, they experience things differently. They wonder what the heck's going on here, but it's the exact same concept. It's the same construct. You're dealing with the neurology. So with regards to goal setting or with regards to vision creating, the second you're firm on what it is that's important to you and then you put your, your um, feelings towards it, it has to become a reality, okay? It has to become a reality. So, you know, just to put it mildly, like it doesn't take much to create a little bit of a shift. And this is, it's almost like homeopathic medications. Like a lot of people don't understand exactly how they work, but it's a very, very small dose of whatever the tincture is that shifts whatever happens internally when you ingest doesn't take much. A lot of times less is more. And that's exactly what we do when we prescribe neural balancing lenses a little bit to create a change that then you can experience and enjoy. Uh, still, I'd love to throw something out there and tell me if I'm, if I'm on, uh, if I'm on a uh, line here. So, I mean, I tracked on what you said and I think most people did, but for folks that maybe that was a little above their pay grade, um, what I heard Andre say, and what I heard you say was from a leverage standpoint, we reduced waste in the system at a very core foundational level that has exponential returns because of where it sits in the processing. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I like that because for me, it's, you, yeah. you, you hit something there, you get big, big returns. You, you hit the core of the tree, like you hit the core of the tree versus m messing with the leaves. This is, this is foundational core of the tree stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then for Pretty me, cool. it's all about mental energy management. So yeah. now I'll be able to use my mental energy and my strengths and abilities a lot more efficiently than like a burnt out diesel out of tune sure. engine. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not working to focus. You're working on producing. Yeah. You know what? That's a great way to put it. That was the thing. Yeah. I didn't realize I was, my brain was working to focus at all times. Oh, understood when right you don't know any better it's just, just what's your so if once that's yeah. removed and it's working properly that's i just can't believe how much energy i'll have to to work on you know like if i could now read five times faster than i can now you know how much more i can learn and apply mm -hmm. even that mm -hmm. scares me five times more <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that scares a lot of us, Andre. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know what you mean. I'm kidding. Dan, I'd love to bring you into the conversation because um, I've, I've worked with you for the past year now and uh, just crossed my, my one-year work anniversary. And I think when people hear you say, I'm on a mission to redeem work, the word, the place, and the way, 
they kind of tilt their head like like a dog hearing a funny noise because to a lot of people dan the the term redeeming work just doesn't they it doesn't register with them um uh, you've pulled the curtain back for all of us and and we're still understanding what that's all about but this podcast kind of like andre's lenses is designed to get people to see the world in a different way and to get them to show up in the world in a different way so i'd love to to hear from you, Dan, we've been at this for a year now. You've been at it your whole life, but I've I've been with you for the past year. Give give me a snapshot of of kind of where things stand, the progress that we've made, and I can chime in a little bit from from my end. But redeeming work, where where do we stand right now, as it stands, you know, when it comes to to your mission? Uh, I think the good and bad news is that we're at the base of the mountain. <laughs> uh that's cool yeah because uh, i think uh we were in the parking lot before that so we're now at the base of the mountain so that's cool we're making base camp yeah base yeah camp. We're, well base camp is like halfway up or something yeah no base camp is we, we we see it up it's above the cloud line at this point but yeah no we're at the base of the mountain i think um but we're we're well equipped we're well resourced so um look this is uh I had an epiphany um, that was confirmed by a mentor in 1994 that work was a place that I could practice on being a better person in the parts of my life that you don't get paid for. And so from that point forward, I was like, wow, it beats working. Since 1994, I've, I've been on this mission because I had the epiphany that I had. I've been just trying to share it with others. At first it was just, I shared it with others. I subjected them to my own insights and then I got supervisory positions and, and, and all that. So then I had a little bit more control, but um, I think that work affords us the opportunity to get paid to practice. I really believe that. And um, what we're trying to do at work P2P and what we're trying to do at P2P before that, what we're trying to do our whole time is set up systems that while we were getting paid by the people that we were working for, that, that internally we could be working on being better humans in general. And it's just a little bit more to align, but once you align that, that is in fact the case. Um, work is a four-letter word and it gets a really bad rap. Um, in my world, work is the, is the coolest thing. It's the most honorable act in the universe. Arguably, it's the only act in the universe that humans can do. Everything that Andre was talking about with his vision is just a reduction of waste so he can more optimize the work that he's doing, the effort that he's putting forth. So um, everyone talks about love. I think love is fantastic. It's just not much of an accomplishment. Love is a gift. It's not, it's not an accomplishment. Love is a gift from the boss, right? I love my children. When I treat them with love and I'm frustrated, it is a work of, it, it is work. It is an effort, right? So, so it's not that love isn't great. Love is great. It's just not an accomplishment. Work is what I have. And so, and it's not, I mean, uh, Stella and I line up on a lot of things. We didn't rehearse any of this stuff, but when he talks about alignment, when we align our effort, you know, it's not surprising that that ends up bringing great joy. And that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to line up more things than I think other businesses are trying to do. But while we're all here, um, I mean, I just look at it, if full-time is roughly 40 hours a week, that's usually more than anything that, that, that anyone's going to do. In some cases, people don't even sleep as much as they work. So to me, there just has to be a return. At a minimum, there has to be a return. 
at, at work P2P, we've set the bar a little higher. Uh, we're trying to get way more than a return. We're actually trying to redeem it outright. But I would encourage folks to at least look at the math and say, look, if you're going to put this much effort into something, it should pay way more than dollars. Most people are not in the place that they're making enough money to give away what they're giving away. So there is ways to fix that. And that's part of what we're trying to do is just redeem work however it speaks to people. We have our own sort of specific opinions about it, but I think there's a lot of ways it can be done. I remember, Dan, when we all first gathered last year to sort of go over what, you know, what your vision was, when you said, hey, for this first year, we just need to figure out how to become world-class storytellers. And um, I was just, I kind of was like, hmm, that's interesting. And as I look back at the year, I, I've, I had massive growth as an interviewer and massive growth as someone who, who has done this professionally, interviewing for three and a half decades now. And I think what's interesting about that, Dan, is that you, your wisdom is such that there's always getting better. And in the case of what we're all trying to do, you can get massively better once you take the guardrails off. And you, you're saying of, hey, make, make mistakes at full speed was amazing. And I think your, your model is such that when you, when you create the right conditions, all of this stuff happens naturally. We all grow. We become better human beings. We create amazing work in the podcasts and, and other things that we're doing together. So I, I just look back at this year, and, and when I look at what your mission is to, to redeem work, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I said this before we started recording, but we send out a Christmas letter every year, and I, I told all the, you know, hundreds of people we send that to that this, is, this last year has been the the most uh, amazing work experience of my life um, at any level, at any level, because um, I didn't have to fight to get a, a, you know, Christmas off. I didn't have to fight to get Thanksgiving off. And um, I just, you know, I, I wanted to say thank you for, for the opportunity to, to be learning and growing. And I'm just blown away at the growth in my own life that I've seen in the past 12 months. Well, uh, uh, thank you, Mark. And I, I would just encourage you that maybe there's also a lot of development too. Uh, so yes. growth to me is capacity, which maybe there's some of that, but I think development is competency. And, and I think um, what I hear you saying is a lot of competency. There's no question you brought a tremendous amount of capacity to the table um, and competency, quite frankly. Um, so we have nine restraints. We're not going to go through all of them. You mentioned number nine, make mistakes at full speed. And, and I, I've got sort of like a quote that goes with all these restraints. And so Restraint number nine is make mistake. Uh, don't wait on perfection. Make mistakes at full speed. And sort of the the quote that goes that with this: the boss doesn't draw on straight lines. Right? The boss doesn't draw on straight lines, so the progress is going to be squiggly lines. You're not going to you're not going to have a straight line. But what I've encouraged you multiple times, Mark, and I'm I'm, I'm happy to to say this sort of in mixed company here, is I've just said focus on awesome. Yeah. Which is focus on you. Just like be you. You know. And and um and that's. Coincidentally, restraint number eight, which is uh, 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 don't overproduce, be intentional, right? Just be intentional. So again, I'm not going to run through all of them, but I'm, I'm going to share one other story that we had because this is just how crazy it is to work at work P2P and how how sane the rest of the world is. So we were in a, a large, we were in a full company meeting talking about one of our policies. It doesn't matter what policy it was. And basically what we said is, yeah, we're going to trust you. That's the policy. <laughs> we, we actually took responsibility of hiring trustworthy people, and now we're going to trust them. And I'm the crazy one. <laughs> right? 
it's a it's a really straightforward policy, but there's a lot of questions and 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 where it ended up to is yeah, we trust you. Yeah, so we're not no, we don't do any of that other stuff. Nope, 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 nope. Just we're gonna trust you. We're gonna trust you, right? So that's what you can do if you accept the responsibility as the employer of hiring trustworthy people. Like there's again, there's a little bit more work on the front end, but way way less work on the on the other. So I, I think that's an example, Mark, where maybe <laughs> Um, you know, you've proven to be, a, uh, we, we thought you were trustworthy so far. You fooled us at least for a year that you are, uh, you got great game. Um, so no, I mean, it, it's, it's not hard. It's just the whole thing. This is why it has to get redeemed. It's crazy that like we had a five minute conversation because people couldn't believe that we, that we were going to trust them. Like that, that the, the people we give you money, like, of course, we trust you. We like you enough to give you money. Yeah, of course, we trust you. Except I think in the quote unquote, real saying world is they give money to people they don't trust, or they're just not trusting themselves or whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't work there. But, but um, that would be an example of what redeeming work looks like. Right. So yeah, we're, we're yeah. It's, it's fun to have you on board. We're thrilled to have you. Um, like I said, we're at the, we're, we're happy we got out of the car. Got out of the parking lot. Maybe we're at the base of the mountain. So, yeah, long way to go. I think what's interesting about everyone on this this call is that everyone on this call is trying to help people in the world see things differently. I think that's really interesting, Andre. With your podcast, um, you know, I, I I'm I'm going to get diagnosed hopefully soon uh, with ADHD, <laughs> so that I can put a put a name on this thing that I've been struggling with my whole life. But Andre, from your perspective, what what's going on with you in 2024 as, as you're helping high achieving entrepreneurs with with ADHD through the podcast? Um, give me a, give me a snapshot. Uh, through the podcast, I got my ADHD transformation journey program that's launched, helping people understand themselves better. Um, like ADHD, nice person, whatever, even the word Mark is a label, just helps you understand things, but not the excuse to, to do anything otherwise. It's just to get that understanding and how you work, how you can't work. And to give you permission to say, why bother doing that? Or, you know, it makes sense that you, you have, you're struggling with that. It's because of this. But what can we do now to either strategize to overcome that? It's an impairment. Can we do less of it? Or how can we structure a better way of doing it? But in the end, it's giving yourself permission to understand that it is okay to accept me as not being understood by everyone because it's not the norm or I do things differently and you're doing it correctly because it's true to you. And that's the important part is to you to say, this is me. This is true to me. Therefore I'll go, even though there's people resisting you because it's all about them in that case, if they're resisting you. So change the environment, control the environment, modify the environment is a big one for me. So environment, environment influences you a lot more than people realize. A lot of people are taught to take the environment because your family or it's family or it's your job or it's your whatever. But if it's not healthy for you, create assertive boundaries. People respect that. Awesome. If not, what do you do next? And to give you that permission, right? It's just a different way of seeing things. Um, and it's self-acceptance, self-actualization. Not saying that we're perfect. It's just 
understanding your true weaknesses and your true strengths and then maximize on those. So, and for me, it's all about next year, 2024 is my energy and my energy experiences is actually what's going to be my mental energy, what drives me, what energizes me and what depletes me, identifying those and just, and sticking with those and helping people disrupt their thinking of them is what I like doing. I think it's interesting, Andre, that in your case, controlling I shouldn't say controlling, like it's some sort of like rabies or something. But in your case, dealing with, with ADHD, you, you're not relying on medication. You found that structuring your environment was the way that you could optimize Andre with Andre's unique brain, right? My whole life, I've always controlled the environment unknowingly so that it can protect mm-hmm. me. But it got to the point where it was excessive. But now I control it in a different way that's more, it's easier for me, it's easier for everyone, but with that acceptance. And where I was going, what was the question again? (laughs) No, I think it's what's interesting is that you discovered that you could optimize yourself by just restructuring your environment as opposed to uh, using pharmacology. Because of the environment uh, control modification, ADHD is not a detriment. It's not an impairment. I'm using that to the best of my ability. And if people accept it around me, fantastic. If they don't, I got to the point it's their problem, not mine. I'm even neurotypical, ADHD, autistic, dyslexic. It's just we work differently and everyone needs to accept it. But the way I work doesn't necessarily work the way you work, Mark. So I still have to respect the way you work, be it Brainway or Colby way or Printway. It's it's common respect of each other's abilities and differences is what I'm after. doesn't matter what the label is. I work differently than you. Doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong. Like I've always gotten in trouble for how I did things, never achieving the actual result. I always got the result, but how I did it was always problematic. So who cares how I did it? You just got it done. That's what I'm after. And I think that's how I survived in television news for 35 years, uh, is that in, in that environment, the everything changes every you know two minutes. Mm-hmm. So like literally throughout the day, every two minutes, I'm doing something different. Just boom, 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 yeah. boom throughout the whole day. It was always interesting, challenging because of your work pressure, novel because of something new almost every day, and the urgency with that constant pressure. Yeah, it was satisfied, but again, at your cost. Hmm. So now if you're understanding how the brain works, how we're not using our energy efficiently, like it's, Hmm. yeah, like I was in urgent mode for 15 years of my life. That's not healthy physically, mentally. So I need the urgency, but how having that awareness and like, okay, wait a minute. If I put too much urgency I'm not doing the best I can. Maybe I can just reduce that urgency to a certain extent that it still engages me, but I can do good work or not burn everyone out around me. Dr. Stell, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'd love to know more about your coaching as well, but what's on your plate for 2024? What's exciting you right now? (laughs) It's a timely question and uh, it's, it's, Ironic that Dan brings up epiphany, yeah. <laughs> Andre brings up energy. 
Um, and the reason, the reason I bring it up is every year, um, it was suggested from one of my coaches to pick a word or two so that it anchors you for the year. And, you know, Mark, you said all of you help other people. And it's so true because my words that I would always pick was for other people and the impact that can make for them. Um, and this year was a little bit different. And what I, what I usually do is I look back over uh, the year and evaluate and say, okay, all the things that went right, what went wrong. It's one of the street strategic coach concepts calls the experience transformer that I do for the whole year. But this year I did it a little bit differently because our brains typically lock onto what went wrong. <laughs> and what I did this time is I only focused on the things that went right. And all of you are part of those experiences for me. And, um, I looked at all the moments and a lot like you, Mark, I look back and I thought, holy cow, did a lot of things happen in profound ways, including my coaching company. Um, and it was an exponential growth that happened. But what I also realized is that all the moments that were created were because there were moments that were important for me that gave me some type of excitement or some type of meaning. And a lot of them were, were family. Um, and a lot of them had to do with my personal growth and development, which also came with challenges. Now, one of my coaches mentioned, um, you know, when you take all your moments, you'll notice that there's a theme that happens with them and to name the themes. And what that does is it allowed me to take an inventory of those moments to then prepare me to create a vision for 2024. Okay, so these actually were the words, Dan, just I was talking on trip previously too. So it was, it was moments and epiphanies. Those are my two words for 2024. And again, it's, it's as soon as I decided, and if it's okay, I want to share a story with my youngest son because this is where it came from. So yeah. for the listeners, my youngest son has cerebral palsy, um, all four limbs, so he's in a wheelchair. Um, and he says, Daddy, I have a dream to be a radio host. Mark, coincidentally, right? And, and I want to go to my favorite radio station. And I said, okay, Gaze, well, you can't just walk into a radio station. He says, well, I already texted the, the, the radio host, but she's not responding to me. I said, okay. And he said, we're going to go to the hockey game on Tuesday night, whenever it was. I want to stay downtown and I want to go to the radio station. So we go to the radio station. He walks up to the two people that work at the front uh, desk and says, I want to see Sarah at CHFI. And uh, she says, you have an appointment? He says, no. And he says, well, you can't go up there without an appointment. He says, well, I'm trying to. I'm texting, but she's not responding to me. So I figured I'd come out live. Is there anything you could do? So here's this 11-year-old in a wheelchair where you'd think that he'd be the one to give up. And he was persistent. Next thing you know, we're in the radio station and he's speaking to the radio host and they're having a conversation about his dream. And what it made me realize is, again, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm living my dream right now and I'm meeting unbelievable people that are living theirs. And it is those moments that I am in charge of for creating the environment or creating the conditions for, I'm not even going to say the learnings anymore, for the epiphanies to occur. The ahas, the awarenesses, the magic. Okay, I want to say one more story because this is how it linked right away. I mean, it's the beginning of the year. It's happening already. So I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I love my Bills. My oldest son, I don't know how it happened, is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So over the last... We're both wrong. <laughs> hey, the Seahawks are out, pal. Uh, so so it, it, it just so happened in the last five years, which is rare, Pittsburgh, the Steelers and the Bills played twice already. And we went to both games, one in Pittsburgh, one in Buffalo. And on Sunday, before the, the last week of the games, I did my analysis and I realized if Jacksonville loses, Pittsburgh had already won already, both the Bills and the Steelers are in. And if Buffalo wins, that means they're playing at home with Pittsburgh. So I thought, all right, here's an opportunity to create a moment. I went online, bought tickets, which I didn't even realize you can buy. And if they weren't playing in Buffalo, you just get reimbursed the amount. Nobody knew this. So I were third row to the game on Sunday. And it just so happened that Jacksonville lost, Buffalo won. And now we're going to the third 3.0 of the Steelers, Bills experience with my son and I. Okay. So you can't make this stuff up, but you can create the your own reality based on what's important to you. So um, my goal this year for the first time I set those words as Andre said it for me, because if I am experienced experiencing those moments and these epiphanies, everybody gains. And then I have creative abilities to then create more things with my coaching and everything that I'm doing within the office to make a massive impact or continue to make a massive impact in the world. So anyways, I'm grateful for all of you for being a part of uh, an, an incredible year last year. You're welcome. <laughs> that, that's awesome and i think what's so refreshing stell about about everybody on this call i never hear any of you say well if if so and so would only do this then i could do that and what i what i see is that i see three guys who who are not waiting for other people to provide them opportunities to do x y and z like i told you in the past mark we get shit done. We don't wait for shit to get done for us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dan, as you were listening to Stell, what, what were you thinking about? So I tell people I've been writing goals and for a very long time, um, probably better part of almost 20 years now. Uh, I mean, like uh, the same sort of structure, same framework for the better part of 16 years and um, 17 years, I guess, at this point. But probably for 10 or 15 of those years, very early on, I started calling them energy investments because that's really what they are. It's like, where am I going to put my energy? It's not about like, it's not about getting the thing. It's like, what am I going to focus on? And so when I hear Stell say I'm going to make this moment, um, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot, a lot of sense, a lot of sense. And I, I mean, I hear Andre saying the same thing. I mean, it's, it's always, it's always the same thing. It's just different, different words, but it's, it's, it's the same thing. So. Very cool yeah. stuff. And hearing that story about Gabriel, your son, it reminded me of when I was interviewing Julia Waller from Strategic Coach and in the book, uh, Unique Ability 2.0 in the preface, uh, Dan Sullivan, founder of, of Strategic Coach, um, told the story of how he came up with the idea of Unique Ability. He was working for a member of parliament in Canada and was tasked with writing a report on people with disabilities. So he traveled Canada and was interviewing tons of people with disabilities. And what he discovered was the people who are most successful 
uh, were defined by not what they couldn't do, but what they could do. And what he realized is that all of us have impairments of some kind. And if we focus on that stuff that we can't do, we're, not, we're never going to get anywhere. But, but if we focus on those things that we are good at and that do light us up, um, then we get to those moments like, like your son experienced. Um, he, he, that was, it's such a beautiful story because all of us, if we just focus on that stuff, those moments will happen. And over this past year, I've had moments where I'm listening to someone speak in a podcast interview, and I'm just blown away. I'm blown away at what they're telling me, and I'm blown away at how things are unfolding and how the story is unfolding. Um, and I'm blown away at how much I've learned from from these people. But those moments come um, when we define ourselves by our abilities and, and by our desires. And that's such a great story. And if, if your son ever wants to talk about radio, I started in radio way back in the day, making five bucks an hour living in my future in-law's basement <laughs> in Spokane, Washington. But uh, man, sky's the limit. If he If he wants to do it, go for it. Go for it. There's no reason he can't. I'd love to talk with you guys about AI for a minute because I think we're on the precipice of something that is going to change the world forever. And um, I'd love to talk, Dan, why don't you start us out with you guys uh, in your connection with top entrepreneurs across North America. You've all been talking about AI for a while now, but I'd love your perceptions, Dan, on AI and how, how you think that's going to change the workplace in at least the near near term. I, I think I first heard about AI seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um uh with the, a couple of different organizations I'm part of. Um they are they're they're on the cutting edge of all of that stuff. And and so um I I don't know that I fully comprehend it, but I comprehended it enough from the first time I heard about it. It was it was obvious that it was going to be a big thing. Um, I've had conversations with people who I'll let remain anonymous, but some it, regular listeners might know a couple of them um, about AI, my, my take on it. And I, and I say this not necessarily to win an argument, but just to tell you what my bias is, is I think AI is, is incremental technology. I think it's time compression, but it is so much time compression so fast that we think it's magic. But it really is no different than any other. So there's there's disruptive technology and there's incremental technology. And I think it isn't the technology itself is not disruptive. The time compression is so magnificent and so huge that it seems disruptive. Now, the reason why I say that is it's very difficult to predict where disruptive stuff is going to go. It's very, very, it's, it's much easier to predict where incremental things are going to happen. So I just say that I, I just say what I think about AI, that's how I think about it. That's, that's how I'm framing it up. Call it what it is. Um, you know, current condition, if we think about current condition, I think there's three components to current condition always. If we're to think about it as an abstract concept, there's the environment, there's me, right? And then there's my stuff or everything else, right? That isn't the environment, that isn't me. And, and I can, I can choose how to frame that stuff out. And, uh, uh, the environment always matters. It's the only thing that matters. Right. Um, 
And we, we did a training. We had about 30-something people in the training. We asked them to rank those three things. And only one, I was surprised. I didn't think anyone would. One, one woman did actually pick environment. Everyone either picked me or my stuff because like my kids and my job are all my stuff. And the point that I would make to environment is, is if I, and I, what we did in the training is I showed a picture of the desert and said, I want a palm tree. I want a polar bear. I want a daycare center. Like I can't do it here. The only thing that matters is environment. And we get to some extent, we can choose to frame how we want to frame the environment. So back to AI here for just a second. If we think about it, that it's just time compression. What are the things that I want to give away that are currently sucking my time that are seemingly, that would be seemingly within the reach of AI? And then what do I do with that? Like, what do I do with that time back? Like, what am I going to do? What, how am I going to make a more intentional impact or a unique contribution to the world if that's what's given, what's, what's giving, uh, what I'm, uh, what I'm getting back. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to do it to watch more Netflix. No, no offense to Netflix. It, it serves its purpose. And there's an oscillation to it. But, but um, to me, I think that's, that's what's interesting about AI. I, I think it's mysterious for different reasons than everyone else. I don't think it's magical in and of, in and of itself what it is. I think it's just really fast, but, but that is super sexy in itself. Um, but, but it's not doing, um, it would have taken us a thousand years to get an answer that chat GPT can get me in two one hundredths of a second, but I still could have locked it down in a thousand years. So if I can be immortal in the moment, right? If I can be immortal in the moment, what would I be? I think those are the questions that are at, and people didn't want to face what I would do just as a five foot seven bald guy. I'm not sure how well we're going to do facing the question of what would I do with all this time? So I, I think, in general, as we face these massive moments, I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bring me great joy. We're putting training into the world to try to change the numbers on this. But, but my opinion is, is that most people freak out and they turtle. They just pull inside their shell and they hope like hell that whatever's in charge is going to think nice, nicely of them. And in these moments of freak out, if you've got any game and any resources, there's a lot of slack in the rope to to make moves and so i think there's there's going and i think all that's going to happen from this point forward is that the waves come faster like how COVID all hit us great we can count on one of those about every six months now and it will be there'll be much more profound and shorter and it'll just i think that's what's going to happen because people are going to figure out how to do things that will roll through that you know and i would just say and i'll, I'll shut up here there are things that we all take for granted that that 75 years ago, our grandparents would have been horrified by mm -hmm. the way that we raise our children. The way, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm just saying they would be horrified with the idea that we would go take our kids and put them someplace instead of just keeping them at our house. And most of us actually have a screen that are, that are really raising our kids. Right. So so, I mean, and this is just all it is. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. So, so it's very, very difficult to predict disruptive technology, but I think it's easier to predict incremental. I think the things that are that the things that are sucking our time that we don't that don't bring us any great joy that AI is very good at. I, those are the things that are. It's like, what would I do with all that time back? That's that's what I'm thinking about because it's that's obviously going to happen. I don't know which one of those things are going to go, but they're all going to go. <laughs> they're they're all going to go to the machine. So when they go to the machine, what am I going to do with that time? What what and with what I'm left, my environment now is now different. Um, my unique ability has even more room 
to, 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 uh, to express itself. So what am I going to do with that? That's, that's how I'm trying to frame it up. Uh, that's how I'm trying to, uh, do my open hand thinking around that stuff. So I don't, I don't know if that answers yeah. the question or provides any insight, but that, that is how I'm thinking about it. No, no, that makes total sense. Andre, how is AI changing the world of engineering at this point? It's not because they're stuck in their old ways. Um, <laughs> but I think right now AI or what there is actually the term is generative AI. AI has been around a long time from when computers started. Um, it's a nice, great marketing campaign right now that everyone's eating up. Hmm. I'm seeing AI as a great, it's a tool. It's a tool just like a computer, just like a shovel. It's only as smart as its user. So if you're going to be a lazy person not be, and not very creative, you're going to use those tools for non-creative reasons or to be lazier. Or like Dan was alluding to is I'm using it to free up a lot of my time with non-unique ability uh, tasks so it can free me up to be more creative. That's how I'm using it. I don't want to even use AI, the term AI. I'm using these tools that are using machine learning, language models, which is all AI and, and different setups. So I can move mundane tasks, repetitive tasks, and have that automated. That's actually what AI is, is automation with different tools. So if, if you're going to use it smartly, you will be smartly. Right? It's like when, uh, one of the teachers that I had was telling me, explaining to me, how to use a finite element analysis program, very complex structural analysis program. Computers always gives you the right answer, but no one checks to make sure that the question was asked properly. So if I put in all the wrong variables, all the wrong information, that's going to give me the right result based on that input. So now my output is incorrect, but if I don't understand how the input went in is correct, like that's the problem with, technology and people's use. They don't understand the input's more important than the output. And speaking of unique ability, Stel, as you're coaching people to become better versions of themselves themselves in 2024, I love Dan's question, what are you going to do with that extra time? Because as machines take over some of the more mundane stuff, if your unique ability is filing stuff or doing mundane type repetitive work, your job will be replaced. But but it, it it's kind of exciting to think about this is going to let us really focus on our unique ability, right? Yeah, that's it's one of the things that I wrote down as uh, Dan and Andre were, were speaking. Um, you know, I always go back to my story and I'm more positive than most people. It's part of my unique ability is to look at the positive in things. Um, I'm fortunate that I'm in medicine and having a child with cerebral palsy, one of my goals is to see him walk one day. And uh, I go back probably eight years ago or so when uh, a new ophthalmologist came in the area, uh, graduated Harvard, and I went to go see his office and he had 12 screens in his back room. And with nobody in there, I mean, there's just 12 computers and computer screens going at once. I said, what's this? And he goes, uh, well, we're doing artificial intelligence gathering on diabetic retinopathy patients. You know, back then I'm thinking, what do you mean? And he says, well, we're taking, we're taking all these images and using AI to determine the likeliness of having diabetic retinopathy based on a retinal image. And back then I thought, wow, this is kind of like magic, but it's, it's real now. It's like, it's, it's where we're at. Um, the reason I bring up that story is 
a lot of the things that I'm listening for and what I'm paying attention to. And again, here back to intentionality in terms of what Dan says, is I'm listening to what is it that this technology can support what I want, mm-hmm. which one of those things happens to be, how do I utilize this information to support my child um, in terms of, of, of walking? Secondly, a lot of the things that I do are difficult to explain. And you'll notice when you ask them questions in terms of what I do, it's, 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 it's so experiential that you can lead someone in that direction. But to talk about, um, you know, all, all of us for that matter, you know, Dan, how did you come up with the vision of what's in this podcast? He just knows. But to explain it is a whole different animal. Now, what ended up happening with my, with my um, the coaching company is it was highly recommended that I have a presence online, which I wasn't for the longest time. And one of the things that is not my unique ability is to create content. Like copy is like, I feel like I'm in English class in grade 12 writing an essay. So one of our coach colleagues suggested that I work with him and I'm glad I did because my website, 99.9% of it was all AI driven based on information that I've created from podcasts like this. They, you know, take the transcript, they put it through um, it even has, they even shot back to me these notable quotes that I said, which I didn't even realize I said, which are now being utilized to then market to the general public so that there's words to what it is that I do. I mean, it's just brilliant, but it's an application of something that's definitely not my unique ability to lead people that are ready to get into my unique ability. And it's a win-win situation. Um, you know, so, so as far as, again, what I said before is a lot of people get or the way our brain is trained is to look for the problem. The problem of AI and, oh, what's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. The second you look at it from a perspective of positivity, where it's applicable, how does it support you? What is it that you need based on what you want? As an individual, then another level of magic starts to unfold. Can I reframe? So anyways, that's my take and I'm, I'm grateful. Can I reframe something you just said there, Sal? Your, your sure. unique ability is creating content. It's not final copy. Right. Because the message that you have, the way you put the information together, because I got caught in that trap. My thinking, the way I put things together and spew it out is my content. I don't like the final, getting to the final version. So your unique ability is creating this content to figure out how people can grow better, how they get the eyes working better for the brain. But it's the final copy finalizing is not your unique ability. Uh, I'll just throw a comment out there that may or may not fit in. and That's totally cool. But um So I think one thing that's just sort of interesting also to think about as well is when the internet really popped, we said, well, this is going to democratize all this stuff. And it does, it does. But, but, uh, and I'm not, I'm, this is not, despite the words I'm using, I'm not making political statements in any way, shape or form. I'm not afraid to make them. I'm just, I'm not making them, I'm not making them right now, just to be clear. Democracy, at least in its sort of, in its sort of social form, means you carry your own weight what right that that that's 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 what it means and so what we were focusing on was like this is going to give the power to the people well the power is to get up off your ass and actually do something like that's that's what it is so it will get you to information and understanding in a way that wasn't possible before without a thousand years you can ask it explain this to me as if it I'm a, f- a fifth grader. 
Now there's classy problems and honor wisdom, which I won't get into, but as long as you have some sense of how to wield the unearned wisdom that you're, that you're walking around with, there's a lot of juice in that. And there's a lot of opportunity that now there'll be some classy problems that come with that unearned wisdom. Cause that's the byproduct of unearned wisdom is classy problems for sure. But, but um, that's the opportunity that's available. That's the opportunity that's available. It is, it is, uh, I, I said to folks that I know, I was like, Hey man, COVID didn't really change anything for me. The boss just got you guys all up to speed that we're not in charge. This is just the next round of, Hey, uh, we're not in charge. And this is just a massive BS call. Like there, there was for most people, if you have time to listen to this podcast, you've got no reason not to be lighting the world on fire. <laughs> That's the reality. Now there's other people and then there are too many people that don't have time to listen to podcast. I'm not talking to them. So don't, no, no. If you got time to listen to this, you got time to light the world on fire. That's, that's the reality, right? No excuses. The choice is you can be an astronaut or photographer because prior to AI, this device good enough to get us to the moon, right? There's 5 billion of them on the planet. That's roughly 66% of the global population has at least there's that many smartphones. And Elon and Bezos are all savages. They want to get to Mars. We should be back from Mars with that many with that many units. But what we do is we take pictures of our food and you know what? Because we want to be photographers, not astronauts. Like this is just the next round of BS on the boss. The boss is like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Right? That's 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 what AI is. That's what it is. That's the opportunity. If you want to keep doing yesterday, you're gonna get paid for yesterday, right? But tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow's going to pay better. So anyways, that that's, it, it's incremental. It's just a really, 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 really fast increment. Yeah. yeah. Enough yeah. on me. Well, we talked about getting from the parking lot up to base camp. And I remember when I interviewed Jim Whitaker, the first American to summit Mount Everest, way back in the early 1960s, um, Getting to base camp back then, now they take a helicopter, but I think they had to hike like 180 miles just to get to base camp. Um, and then on the first day of their ascent, one of their party was crushed by a piece of ice and died on the trail. And I, his story is just just unbelievable. And uh, and so, Dan, getting back to you know getting out of the parking lot, we're headed to base camp. One of the guests that we had on the podcast last year, Joe Martin, has a, a really famous TED talk about naming your year in advance. And I love the idea because it's not just, oh, here's my list of priorities that I want to work on this year. It's it's literally spending time kind of in meditation. You're at the end of 2024, you're looking back and you're super proud of something that you've done. Um, and it could be personal, it could be professional, but I'd love to wrap things up with you guys. Let's go to Let's go to the end of 2024 and and spend a time in that, you know, uh, some time in that moment. And I'd love to know from you guys what you hope that moment feels like. Um, who wants to go first? I, I, I can go first. The other thing I throw out is when Stell was talking, I was thinking about Joe. I mean, I know Joe a little bit in, in yeah. very, very similar, similar process. Uh, I'm fortunate that I've been working to align my life 
for a long time. So I don't have to have a different work goal versus life goal versus family goal versus whatever it all, it all lines up. So um, be human, be intentional. Like with all this focus on the machine, there's just way more opportunity to be human. Um, yeah. So that, that, and that fits right in with the family fits in with everything. So be human, be in- intentional is what's on the radar for us for 2024. Uh, Andre, how about you? Um, I don't have a word per se that I'll, I measure up. It's to me, it's, it's always been more successful. It's got something actionable. So like for me, my energy, it's all about my energy and um, what will I do with it. And, but it has to be around experiences, no longer working f- so I can have experiences in the future. I will live my energy for experiences now. Wow. That's awesome. Stell. Yeah. As I mentioned before, I mean, my, my two words are moments and, and epiphanies. Um, you know, I do a structured goal setting where I imagine what my world looks like at the end of, of 2024 uh, in detail. Um, but like I said, it's the first time I'm, I'm thinking about me, uh, my moments, my epiphanies that then allow, um, you know, every area in terms of physical, emotional, mental, energetic that came up to be in alignment so that all of me is in the moment all the time so that I can enjoy, um, the whole year. Like, again, like I, I can tell a story with all three of you where it's happened last year. Um, and then if I were to add another word in there that Dan mentioned before that I'd written down, it was in, uh, intention with intentionality, right? Doing it with intention on what it is that I want to happen. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it's exciting. One tweak. I forgot with the right people. (laughs) It was a tweak to me, not Stell's. No, no, tweak to me too. <laughs> I think it's a tweak, tweak to all of us. Yeah, yeah for sure. To get, to get to that point in life where we only work with the people we know, trust, and love, I think is is something as as I think about you know what's what's ahead in 2024, the thing that I am enjoying more and more with each passing year is I enjoy, to use Dan's term, the boss's surprises. And um, I love surrounding myself with amazing people and doing really enjoyable, amazing work. And then when those surprising moments happen of meeting someone new or discovering something new, I just absolutely love that surprise because it just, when you get up each day and you think, I wonder who I'm going to meet today. I wonder who I'm going to talk to today. I wonder what, what, uh, what I'm going to learn today that's, that's something that I don't know. And I just love that idea of 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 living in that anticipation um, because it makes life way more fun. It's not like, well, if I can get a Ferrari by the end of 2024, we'll be good. And it's it's not about that stuff. It's about those experiences. And when I look back on 2023, my one of my sons got married in uh, in July of 2023, and that weekend. Uh, of the wedding was the most magical weekend of my life. And, uh, and it was because it was a confluence of just amazing people. And I, I just can't even, I can't even describe, I, I just, it was perfect in, in every single way. And as I, as I let go of trying to control all this stuff more, those moments are happening with more frequency. And, uh, and I consider my work experience, uh, as part of that. I love learning from you guys. And I love the idea that like, uh, you know, like, like fine artists, you, 
you guys are never thinking that you've arrived. <laughs> you're trying to get a better version of of yourselves and a better version of the work that you're doing in the world. So I want to thank you guys for uh, everything last year and what's ahead this year. Dan Rogers, Stell, Andre, thanks, you guys. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. I'm Mark Wright. Thanks for listening to Beats Working, part of the Work P2P family. New episodes drop every Monday. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Special thanks to show producer and web editor Tamar Medford. In the coming weeks, you'll hear from our Contributors Corner and Sidekick Sessions. Join us next week for another episode of Beats Working, where we are winning the game of work.